Hey folks, this is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Uh, coming to you on episode 47 here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. This is probably Tuesday morning for you. Uh, a little bit longer week this week uh, with the Bucks getting ready for a Monday night game at Carolina next week. Uh, and as a result, the schedule is a little bit off here. The Bucks have an extra day of practice today, uh, but don't actually start practicing in earnest for Carolina until Thursday. Uh, so we're in Tuesday is usually a day off in the NFL week. This week, Wednesday is Tuesday, if you will. So tomorrow is the day the NFL players have off. The Bucks players have off. Uh, today, it's really just a, a minor hour and a half morning practice, uh, almost a walkthrough, just an extra practice, if you will. And then, like I said, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be your main practice days for the Bucks before they head up to Charlotte and try and end a three-game losing streak uh, after their season opening win against the Falcons. Uh, lots to get to today. We've got transactions to get to. Uh, we got uh, Carolina talk to get to. Um, a lot of things uh, that we'll get to here today. I want to start with a transaction. Uh, obviously, injuries from Sunday are going to be the main thing that uh, prompts transactions and comings and goings here with the Bucks roster. Uh, with Gerald McCoy uh, dealing with a calf injury, we don't know how long he'll be out. Uh, and the severity of that injury, they were talking about getting MRIs yesterday. Uh, but we do know it's significant enough that they have made an addition on their roster. They signed a guy named John Hughes. Uh, defensive tackle who spent uh, his first four years with Cleveland, uh, third-round draft pick out of Cincinnati in 2012. Uh, fairly prolific as D-tackles got. Now, he, in Cincinnati, they're in a 3-4 where it's more of a uh, more of an outside, uh, sorry, not Cincinnati, Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's in a 3-4, so he's actually was an outside, was what you call a defensive end in a 3-4, but he's like 6-2, He's definitely a D-tackle in any kind of 4-3 defense. Uh, but had 109 tackles in four years. You're talking about averaging about 27 tackles a year. Uh, had five and a half sacks. Um, had been signed. The Browns had cut him. The Patriots had signed him and then cut him again. Um, but again, far more experience than you're used to being able to get from a guy you can sign off the street here in week five. Uh, so John Hughes comes in. Uh, they actually made two moves on the roster to cut guys. Uh, Freddie Martino, who's a receiver who's been active the last two weeks, um, has had passes thrown at him but hasn't had any catches. Um, Freddie Martino waved, uh, could wind up back on the practice squad. And then Josh Kyes, they've kind of done this before, but Josh Kyes gets cut for the second week in a row. Uh, this is one of those where they, they're giving themselves the flexibility of having an open roster spot, uh, and they can do a couple different things with that if you got all these guys that were hurt in Arizona that are trying to come back. So if, let's say, Cecil Shorts is healthy, uh, then you're not down a receiver from cutting Martino, and you can go move forward there. If he's not, you could promote Jeremy Butler from the practice squad. Uh, you can kind of use that roster spot for the replacing the injured guy who's not coming back that you thought might be coming back. And that kind of gives them flexibility to do that right now. Uh, they could very well fill that roster spot today, or they can wait on that a little bit and see what shakes out. They kind of have some flexibility there. Um, they have enough injured players right now where there's a good chance that they're going to uh, going to have no healthy scratches at all. Like the last two weeks, they've only had three guys of their seven inactives that were actually healthy and, and not dressing. And that's the backup quarterback, Ryan Griffin, the third quarterback. And two rookie offensive linemen who were like their eighth and ninth offensive linemen, Caleb Beninock and Leonard Wester, 
Uh, now there's so many injured guys, it could very well be that their, their seven inactives are all injured guys. Uh, and then as a result, you have kind of more people dressing at all positions all over. Um, anyway, uh, John Hughes, uh, a guy that can come in probably right away. I mean, if you think about the end of last week's game, uh, Clint McDonald obviously played very well, but was cramping at the end of the game. So Hakeem Spence, you know, who normally is on the field, maybe 15 plays right now, finished on the field, and they actually had to use Channing Ward inside as a D-tackle. Channing is the rookie defensive end from Old Miss. Uh, so you're kind of playing guys out of position all over. Daryl Smith, the linebacker, came in and played some defensive end at the end, uh, with some of the ends having to go inside to tackle. But uh, I would think this is something where John Hughes can pick things up relatively quickly um, and at least be a serviceable backup to Spence and McDonald uh, at D-tackle. And they'll, they'll probably get some situational use of those ends inside. We've talked a lot about how in nickel defense they can slide their ends inside um, and use them as tackles. Um, they really haven't been able to do that much just because Robert Ayers, who'd be the main guy doing that, has been out for the last uh, you know, two and a half games. Um, and Will Golston has kind of been busy as one of the few defensive ends that, that have experience and can line up against the run and all that kind of stuff. Um Anyway, so uh, John Hughes will be uh, – the other thing that's worth mentioning is that uh, John Spitek, who is the new John Robinson, uh, Spitek uh, was in Cleveland when John Hughes was drafted. So you have somebody kind of in the Bucks front office who can vouch for Hughes, uh, has dealt with him, uh, obviously liked him well enough to draft him. So I don't know that that's a long-term addition. Uh, but, I mean, the Bucks had essentially moved forward with only three defensive tackles when this year started. They kept Devontae Lambert, but they've used him almost exclusively at defensive end. So this is some much-needed depth at the defensive tackle position. Uh, whether Gerald McCoy is out one week or the entire season, we don't know. But uh, for now, John Hughes is a new, new depth and something they need sorely there uh, on the interior defensive line. Bunch of things we want to get to uh, on the injury front. What is probably most interesting for this game Monday is the possibility that Cam Newton might not play. Cam Newton, uh, who is in injury protocol, concussion protocol right now for Carolina. Um, and there's definitely the possibility that he would stay in that concussion protocol all week and not play on Monday, uh, which you would think would be good news. Uh, defending MVP type. Not playing, but for the Bucks, um, the Bucks have struggled against Carolina's backup, Derek Anderson. Um, if you remember in 14 when Cam was out, uh, Derek Anderson came in, beat the Bucks twice, uh, two close wins, 20 to 14 and 19 to 17. So both times the Bucks within a touchdown, but unable to beat Carolina even with a backup quarterback. Pretty good numbers for Derek. Derek Anderson is 33 now. Uh, played a while back with Cleveland, with Arizona. And it's kind of settled in as Cam's back up there in Charlotte. Uh, first game last year, or first game in 2014 against the Bucks, 24 of 34 for 230 and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, not as good the second game, 25 of 40, but for 277 and a touchdown. So again, no interceptions. Um, if there's an overriding theme to everything we talk about with the Bucks defense lately, it is no interceptions. Um, obviously, I think the Bucks would much rather face Derek Anderson than Cam Newton. Uh, but uh, it's not as easy as it might seem to be when you get to face a backup quarterback. Derek Anderson is strange. The only teams that the Buck, that, that, that Derek Anderson have beaten in the last six years 
are the Bucks, and he's done it twice. Those are his only two starts, uh, and uh, he's 0-6 against every other team since uh, middle of 2010. But uh, seemed to have the Bucks number. Uh, didn't early in his career, 2006, playing for Cleveland, uh, went 10 of 27 with four interceptions. That's the Derek Anderson the Bucks need to find on Monday night if they get to face him. A um, bunch of things we want to talk about here. Was was looking at tight ends across the league. Obviously, Cam Brate um, has stepped up here, especially with Austin Severian Jenkins no longer with the Bucks. Uh, Cam's got 16 catches for 159 yards and two touchdowns uh, in the first four games here. And if you prorate that, I mean, you could actually prorate it a little bit higher because Severian Jenkins was with the Bucks. Uh, for the first part of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, 16 for 159 and two, if all you do is multiply that times four, that is 64 catches for 636 yards and eight touchdowns, which would be as good a season as a Buccaneers tight end has had in a long time. You'd probably have to go back to maybe the first year Winslow was here. Uh, Tim Wright probably had that in terms of touchdowns. Uh, but definitely not that many catches, not 64 catches, not 600 yards. So promising start for Cam Brate. Um, both of his touchdowns coming there uh, in the game against the Rams. But he's a guy that, again, is certainly stepping up as a low red zone threat. You think about when they've had success with the tight ends. I know Austin had the long touchdown in the opener, but Brandon Myers had that touchdown right at the goal line. Uh, I think they like the mismatches that their tight ends create uh, when they're deep in the red zone, uh, Cutter calls the low red zone from the 10 in. Uh, so interesting to see, again, uh, they've got to get back to beginning in the red zone in the first place. Didn't do a whole lot of that uh, last week. But uh, but Cam Braid is a guy that, again, as we thought, can continue to build on what was a very promising uh, year last year, stepping in when ASJ was hurt. Uh, one of the things that Dirk Cutter was asked about on Monday was the running back situation. Uh, obviously, Charles Sims didn't have the success you'd like a primary back to have. Uh, 15 carries for 28 yards, uh, minus two yards in the receiving game. So you're talking about about a yard and a half per touch. Um, and again, Sims has thrived in that complementary role, in that secondary back role. And the challenge is whether or not Jacquez Rogers is a guy that was on the street three weeks ago. Um is capable of coming in and being an every down back, being a 15 carry back like Sims was on Sunday. Uh, you know, rushed the ball well in limited use there uh, against the Broncos. Uh, he had four carries for 25 yards, had a 12 yard carry up the middle. Uh, they like him as an inside the tackle runner. I mean, he's a guy that's he's only about five foot six, so you line him up behind a six foot nine right tackle in Demar Dotson, and it's going to be hard for defenders to see him until he pops through the line. There's kind of a screen game where they can't really see him. And he's quick enough where if, if there's a little bit of delay in the linebackers being able to pick him up, you can break through that line a lot easier. So we'll be interested to see if they shift more of the workload uh, at running back to Jaquiz Rogers here uh, against Carolina. Obviously, they'd like to have Doug Martin back. We'll know a little bit better. Uh, we could see him today at practice this morning, but I kind of doubt we will. Uh, more likely Thursday will be that day where we get that first look, the first injury report, uh, get to see who out of these seven injured players is testing themselves by practicing at all. It could be none of the seven. Uh, it could be that some of these guys are able to come back. I think the Bucks are very aware they have a bye week after this game, so they don't want to rush injuries uh, when they can get you know an extra 13 days to rest 
after Carolina. If there's anybody that's marginal, I still think they're going to be cautious and let those guys have uh, two weeks to prepare. I think the Bucks are going to have five full days off on their bye week. They'll go Monday. Uh, I think they'll come back, practice Tuesday, and then I think they could very well have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off to let these injured players heal. Uh, and then you start a normal game week uh, the following Monday to prepare. Actually, they go to San Francisco is their, is their week seven game. Um, so again, there's definitely an opportunity for rest coming up for these Bucks, but not until they get through Carolina and, and try and parcel together a 46-man roster with all the injuries they're dealing with. We mentioned uh, Clinton McDonald. Uh, I thought that McDonald and Golston had great games uh, against the Broncos. Did a really good job. I mean, Golston has been their best defender against the run. Uh, really good at at stifling things and setting the edge. Uh, and Clinton McDonald, I mean, stepped up, had eight tackles, had probably his best game as a buck in his, whatever, 2.2-plus seasons. Um, eight tackles, had a sack and a half, had two quarterback hits, which is very active. I thought he stepped up and filled the void left by the injury to Gerald McCoy very well under those circumstances. Um, but again, Clinton McDonald, you know, can't do it all himself. I mean, they had the defensive tackles playing 85 to 90 percent of the defensive snaps. I'm sure they'll lean on McDonald even more if McCoy is out on Monday. Uh, you know, you get past him, you got Akeem Spence, who is stout against the run, but but probably not uh, the interior pass rusher you'd like to have there. And then your your next defensive tackles again are a guy like John Hughes, who comes in cold this week, uh, or or one of the ends you want to bring inside, Devontae Lambert or, Ch- or Channing Ward or something like that. We might do something for. Wednesday's paper on one of these uh, undrafted rookie ends in Lambert and Ward. You know, Channing Ward actually had a pretty strong game. Only played, uh, he played 28 snaps on Sunday against the Broncos, and he had three tackles, uh, his first three NFL tackles. So really need for him to step up uh, and be productive there. Moved inside some, you know, a lot of his best production in the preseason was as a tackle in the nickel defense. Um, You know, we had talked a little bit yesterday, but you know, Bucks made a big switch in the nickel defense. Probably the biggest personnel switch we've seen them make at any point this year uh, was taking Alteron Berger off the field and, and going full time to Jude Ajay Barima. Uh, Jude played again. You know, nickel in the NFL is about 60% of your snaps. Uh, I think Jude was at 57%. Um, Jude had I think one tackle and one breakup maybe, but didn't really seem to get beat or anything like that. Uh, so it's curious because Alteron Werner, you know, you'd started the year. Altron Werner was a starter in the nickel, uh, came off the field in base defense when you had Hardgraves and Grimes out, Grimes out there. Uh, and now Werner has, has gone to being completely off the field, uh, you know, which is tricky because Altron Werner's a guy making, uh, I don't know, six, six and a half million dollars this year. So you've got on your bench right now, if you're the Bucks, just playing special teams, you have Werner making more than six million dollars. You have Josh Robinson making $2 million, and you have uh, Jonathan Banks, who's making like, I don't know, $1.6, $1.7 million. So you have some really high-paid special teams gunners on this Bucks defense right now. I think part of that is just them keeping some insulation against injuries at cornerback should Hargraves or Grimes go down. Um, they have to have people they can plug in and, and be confident in. It's just surprising that there's so little confidence in the backup DBs right now. Um, literally did not see Tandy or Ryan Smith play a single snap on defense Sunday against the Broncos. 
Uh, and it's not like Conte was playing that well. Conte had some big penalties that really cost them. Uh, McDougal probably a little bit better, but the safety play has not been what the Bucks want it to be. Um, and what's concerning is when the guys that are struggling can't come off the field. Like there's so little trust in the backups of those positions right now that they're just not ready to even chance what might happen if they put somebody else in the game. Uh, so Bucks either need to get better play from their starters or need to find it in them to have some confidence to try somebody else on the field because uh, what they're doing right now has not been working. Um, I think the defense played much better uh, against the Broncos, obviously, uh, but still gave up three touchdowns, still gave up 27 points. Uh, even with short fields on two of those touchdowns, uh, let a rookie quarterback go down the field and get a touchdown late, get a, t- get a field goal at the end of the half. This defense is still not uh, performing at the level you'd like to see them performing at. Uh, we will come back here on Wednesday. It'll be interesting because we won't have uh, we'll have a Friday podcast, then we'll have a Monday podcast that actually is still a preview podcast. We're probably going to record that uh, from Charlotte, which will be interesting. Uh, but so anyway, we'll be in full preview mode all the way until Monday's podcast, and then Tuesday will be the big newsy wrap-up podcast next week. So lots to get to still, lots to talk to with Carolina, having Kelvin Benjamin back, having Luke Keekley. Uh, a lot of familiar faces that have given the Bucks trouble there. Uh, but anyway, we're going to wrap things up here. Thanks, you guys. Thanks again for listening. Uh, please keep coming with your questions and comments. Uh, hit us up on email at LockedOnBucks at gmail.com, on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, and at Greg Allman. Thank you guys for all the interaction. We are over 200 followers on Twitter. Great to have that. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with much more from this practice this morning. Uh, and go from there. Thanks again for listening, guys, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again. We'll talk to you tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.